Hello, welcome, or welcome back to TSC Talks. This is Jill Woodworth, your host, one last time, recording a podcast, coming to you from my car in Rutland, Massachusetts. Here I am. I just wanted to record a final episode, kind of cover the material that's the content that's going to be left out there and available for anyone just coming to the TSC, tuberous sclerosis complex experience as a parent, as an individual who has the condition, as a doctor, as a mental health professional, as someone in cannabinoid medicine or on the autism spectrum or working with that population um, or having a chronic illness. These are all topics that we're, we're met with real lived experience podcasts. And I'll just run through them in a minute. But I wanted to just kind of also summarize the intention I had for holding space. And first of all, I believe I held space for myself. I think I took you all on a walk through my own trauma, reflected by the sharing and the guests that I had sharing their own traumas, which I felt that needed to be expressed. Honestly, I didn't hear anybody else talking about this aspect of the chronic illness experience at the time that I started the lived experience. And, you know, initially, I think I wanted to share how our family was managing. I'm a parent and I have three children with tuberous sclerosis complex, which causes benign tumors to grow in different organs of the body. It's genetic and it can happen by spontaneous mutation. And as we broaden the scope of what we consider medicine, I am sure we're going to find all kinds of other influences as, you know, It's not a condition, in my opinion, that can be looked at simply under a microscope. Um, The the massive differences in the lived experience, the massive similarities in the lived experience, the day-to-day ins and outs of the energetics, all the unseen, untalked about, unspoken pieces of it that you don't necessarily share when you go to the doctor are really, I believe, what's driving the variability. And can either help or hinder the lived experience. So my goal with the podcast was to put information out there from the perspective of the individual that has the condition, the parent caregiver, and then the professionals that work with those that have this condition, and then realizing how I couldn't stay within the grounds of just tuberous sclerosis, expanding outward to people with autism, cannabinoid medicine as a tool, find discovering within the system, there were a lot of limitations. And as I go over the people that have been on the podcast and the topics covered, I think you'll get the idea. I did want to share right now, I am walking on eggshells personally, dealing with something that is related to tuberous sclerosis complex that jumped up in my face. And I think any of you listening there, whether you have it or you are a caregiver. And this is probably true for many, many chronic illnesses. I'm going to speak from my lived experience. Things pop up out of the blue all the time that don't make sense and put your back up against the wall between a rock and a hard place. I've been a caregiver for 26 years and my oldest daughter is still cycling in a lot of the manifestations of the condition combined with the misunderstanding of medical trauma early on that influenced her, the perpetuation of trauma within a family whose parents that had their own issues that weren't resolved going into a relationship. And that pretty much encompasses all of us. 
my heart is big and it is bleeding for my daughter. She sat on a bed in a mental health emergency care center because she was had suicidal ideations, made some threats. It was warranted that she be seen and treated, but I want to share with you the cracks, the inversion in our system that allowed for this to happen and just for someone to hear me and hold space because this is extremely painful as a parent. It's extremely painful for her. It may be in some levels more painful for me just because I see the scope of all the times that this has happened for her and the timeline of it. And I think that's what we as caregivers and parents often have trouble disconnecting and reconnecting into the the experience in a way that we can advocate properly without <laughs> triggering ourselves. So I may be a teensy bit triggered here, but someone needs to say this out loud. It is not humane to keep somebody in a emergency mental health facility waiting for a bed in another facility for days on end with no information basically given to them about what is happening. Now, this is an individual with a mild intellectual disability, and she kept there on a bed. You know, a few times I talked to her, she's in the hall. This seems punitive to me. I understand the, the concern, and it's really unfortunate to me, I guess, that we're not looking at all the pieces of this and how Yes, that was the right course of action. I am not faulting anybody in her life. I have a good relationship with her group home manager, but I'm just telling you the way we're doing this is really frustrating. And I think when I talk about the guests that I've had on the podcast, you'll see the scope of all the ways that a condition like this can affect individuals and the the vast number of resources that we do have available right here, right now that we're not weaving together to get all hands on deck for the lived experience to improve the quality of life of the family over time. And many families are able to cope beautifully. And this is not to say one way is better or another way is better. You have to have these breakdowns and your family has to fall apart because that's not true. I'm just speaking to the strength of the community and the resilience of everybody involved with this. And as a parent, I'm out on a limb because I don't have the condition. And as I covered on the podcast, there were people that I pissed off that were like, hey, you're increasing my PTSD by you going on and talking about what I have. And I get that. So I'm going to keep the names of my children out of this. I put it out there. I felt called at the time, and I don't think I would do it differently. It was what came up in the moment in terms of speaking about their their issues. I felt like desperate. I needed to talk to people. I felt other people needed this downspout, needed to have someone hold space for their experience, for it to get out there so others could learn from it before they either didn't have the resource that was brought up in the podcast or stepped up, oh God, I'm losing my train of thought. They didn't have resources before, or felt validated in their own experience of something similar. So that's the reason why I felt, okay, I'm going to piss some people off that do have the condition. And God knows, I don't, I don't know that experience, but I am going to have to speak here from the parent caregiver experience. My daughter is now in a placement and will be, I'll be working with them behind the scenes, even though she's still her own guardian to make sure that the, the connection between TSC and behavior, what's called TAND, 
tuberous sclerosis associated neuropsychiatric disorder is included in her records there because there's in the past there's that I have to remember there's been a history of forgetting that and trying to apply all kinds of different labels change medications that have been that have been necessary for stability of the multi-system way that this this condition is handled I'm not saying it's ideal but the way her stability right then, right, right there need, did not need to be shifted when she went into, when people go into a psych placement. So yes, a lot of times we're chasing down this, this runaway train many years after you'd typically be advocating for your loved one with a condition like this. I, I don't know what the time limit it is if a parent ever does stop. I'm sure a lot do. And I will say that the weight of this personally, I've had many people ask me how I do it. And I am certainly not a hero. I do not know how I do it. I know many times, I mean, people say, I, I don't know if I could stick around for that. And yeah, there's some days that are really hard. It's hard to be here in this current reality and understand through lived experience how inverted our systems are, how they're not really addressing the whole person. Um, how there's such a profit motive involved, and how the the weak and the people that are unable to speak for themselves get further and further oppressed. So I'm putting my arm up in the air and I'm saying enough's enough. And that was the podcast. I started out with my kids, and then I moved on to interviewing affected individuals. I inter- from across the country, even into Canada. Let's see, I had a woman in South South Africa, and I also started to interview health professionals. I interviewed my son, who was a school psychologist at the time. I interviewed a shared living provider that worked with my daughter. I interviewed people about PTSD, their own PTSD. I interviewed people with epilepsy that just did not have tuberous sclerosis about their mental health issues. And I started to shift really into focusing more on trauma and mental health issues as uh, that's really what I was hearing from the people that I'd interviewed was that was probably the most challenging aspect of this condition, dealing with schools that misunderstood behaviors, dealing with doctors that didn't keep track of all the pieces, you know, dealing with mental health professionals that want to overdiagnose and label or, or underdiagnose and not label. <laughs> it's just a craziness. So talking about that, and I happened upon a woman that had a daughter with TSC, has a daughter with TSC, and also is a polyvagal therapist, Caroline Clyborne, and the connection with our with our physicality and trauma, like medical trauma, when kids that get a lot of tests and have a lot of medical procedures tend to tend to live with a lot of trauma and minimizing that. And I realized what a big piece trauma probably was for my own children and for for so many that you know we just didn't know back then. We didn't know that when we we basically forced our kids down on the table to sedate them so they could get their MRI. We just had to do it. You know, we didn't have the choices and she highlighted this. And so that was a big wake up call, I think. What Caroline highlighted was the incredible impact of the medical trauma on the overall presentation of TSC. Even in the TSC community, the word TAND, tuberous sclerosis associated neuropsychiatric disorder, was a huge awakening for everybody. Everybody in the community already knew it because they were living with it, that there's these behaviors that go with this that can be extremely challenging. 
And uh, let's see, Dr. DeVries, who I interviewed from South Africa, he was on the cutting edge of coming up with that, or he came up with that terminology and linking those together. That was a big step for me for the podcast. And we talked about family impact. Um, I got involved in a lot of activism with Marching on Capitol Hill to secure funding for further research and, uh, let's see, for the educational programs and studies and whatnot. So I I got involved in that and got to meet a lot of people in the TS Alliance to see how a nonprofit works. Beautiful, amazing people. I kind of pulled away from that when I felt discouraged about the pharmaceutical connections. And I still am touchy in that area. Again, I think it's a symptom of us not looking at all the tools available because through the process of interviewing these people on the podcast, I discovered these alternative medicine tools that would potentially help and were helping people not only with TSC, but into the autism community. And I'm talking about cannabinoid medicine and other modalities that weren't necessarily respected or there weren't, wasn't the the detailed microscopic scientific studies about, uh, but also genuinely improved quality of life for the for the individuals. And that always has a ripple effect into the family. And I think I can speak, speak about family impact personally. If you're not integrated your own traumas, you, ha- you have not, maybe not even looked at them. We all have some degree of what we call trauma. Uh, it, it will affect the way you manage the crisis modality that many of us live live with, at least early on when our kids have TSC and they're having a lot of seizures before we get on top of that. So my encouragement to, to all of you out there is to deal with your shit and it's never too late. I waited very long. I did. I was in crisis for a lot of years and in and out of it and trying to maintain a quality of life and a sense of humor. And yeah, you guys have heard my story where I fell into drug and alcohol abuse and substance abuse. So don't want to see anybody go down that road. It's hard not to sometimes. It's hard not to lean on creature comforts, I will say, to develop attachments because you're looking at some bleak landscapes on occasion. I don't go back and judge myself, and I hope that none of you do either. It's We're all moving forward and learning, and that's what this is about. So let's see. I talked a lot about systemic change. I interviewed a woman who, uh, people who had actually worked on legislation to make changes in their state to the way kids are handled behaviorally in school, Julie Como. The connection with the community for the TSC is huge. If you, you, you're not necessarily going to meet people in your town that have a child with this diagnosis or other individuals that have it. So the internet and the groups on Facebook and whatnot have been amazing for sharing information, sharing from lived experience. You know, um, what doctor should I see? What treat does this treatment work for you? Uh, it's very medically oriented. Um, the energetic component is starting to be talked about a lot more, but um, it's helpful regardless. Um, you want to get on and you want to connect. And then, you know, I think the TSC moms, Getting to know a lot of other mothers, like I said, was huge for me, and I still have friends in the community, believe it or not, today. People that are just been through so much and have so much strength and resilience and connecting with each other, like, hey, how are you? You know, how are you down here at the bottom? Let's bring each other up, that kind of thing. Sibling impact. How is it affecting the other kids? We talked about that. We interviewed People I interviewed people that had regarding siblings, fathers that had TSC. 
I told you about the South Af- African perspective, autism and law enforcement. That was a mind-blowing one. How are police officers perceiving or misperceiving people that uh, have autism? And of course, that affect many people with TSC carry the autism label. And then from there, I discovered Mike Robinson and cannabis and cannabinoid medicine and using that as a tool to help get reduce the pharma load. And he is a step parent to a young lady that has had amazing, amazing um, success using this medicine. And I do want to stress medicine. I believe that these plant medicines can be uh, an amazing tool, not only for the affected individuals with TSC, but the parents and families, much relief from the mental health aspects and the day in and day out stressors. I know it helps me really get in the moment. It helps me get into the flow when I'm running. It helps me process. And I would say it needs to be used with attention and caution too, because there are downsides and I'm not here to just talk about cannabis. So I'll move on from that, but an amazing tool and also tricky. So I learned from this experience. Uh, my son used cannabis, whole plant, not the pharmaceutical version. Uh, I saw a side of him that I had never, ever seen before in my life. Just pieces of him were coming in that were just so exceptional. But over time, it was really hard to maintain, to tweak. I didn't either have the right connection to get the emotional resources to walk through that and find whatever for whatever reason, it didn't work for him. It didn't work for me and my um, ability to advocate and care give. So we ended up back on pharma. He ended up falling back into seizures, which was really heartbreaking after efforting and sharing so much information on cannabinoid medicine. Even sharing it with y'all right now is kind of like a little demeaning, but that's okay. I tried my best and we had this window where we saw his potential in lots of ways. The seizures came back and I kind of followed the podcast with that. I didn't stop talking about cannabis necessarily, but I personally moved into spirituality, connection with the divine, and who are we remembering ourselves to be and interviewing individuals that had had a transformative experience in their lives due to whatever, whatever, a real, like I had an out-of-body experience and I wanted to connect with other people that had had like really like life-changing experiences and how that shifted their perspective and what they wanted to do basically their whole lives. And so that was where I was kind of lingering the final piece of the podcast and then checking in with another special needs mom who had was very, is very connected Christian lady and how important that piece is on our path of having some type of faith in something beyond just this meat suit. Though I believe the meat suit is very important. Our bodies are very important. Personally, I needed to go outward and expand, even though it's a lot of it, what I could, what I consider remembering that we are whole in every moment and we are divine. So found that in the podcast. So also I b- forgot to mention special ed sports. I think that's an amazing, also an amazing outlet that should be just really blown up. Just giving kids the extra support they need so they can enjoy the physical experience and it isn't so stressful. I know running and sweating and working out has been such an amazing outlet for me. I, I tried to teach my kids about it and, and some of them grabbed on. Anybody that facilitates this is it's just contributing a lot of value to those with chronic illness, intellectual disabilities, autism. I interviewed a hospital president to get kind of the tweak on that. And let's see, 
group, a woman that is starting a group home, Adriana Piltz, Nikki's Gardens of Hope. I'm just trying to make sure I don't forget anybody that has been on. So yes, Brooke Alicia, also very outspoken on Tand and her daughter's experience and her experience as an individual that has TSC and has a daughter and is just passionate about the disconnects as I am and really has learned through the hard way through lived experience, the challenges of this path and is willing to talk about it out loud. She's doing something right now that's really beautiful. I don't know where she's at with it, but I met these people in the community that were inspired to start these amazing projects. So interviewing that type of um, a guest, the green nurses. Yes. If you are interested in cannabinoid medicine in your state, go find a green nurse. These people are incredible. Not only are they RN, so they're balanced and walking between our medical system, but they, they've decided to work in the cannabis industry. And that is hugely challenging because it's a wild west. And because of the legal implications with cannabis, it's very hard, very hard to follow the rule, not follow the rules because these ladies do work in that very narrow parameter and give people the information that they need without <laughs> being illegal. So learned a lot from them. And again, if you're looking to start a cannabis, look for green nurses in your state or contact me and I can hook you up with somebody that will help you find them in your state. So I just want to add a few final notes. Again, I said this is the voice of lived experience. Energetics matter. All tools, all healing tools, all medical, everything from the medical system well, maybe not everything, but we should be able to have a choice, more uh, alternative medicine, wellness products. I've discovered these stem cell activating patches called X39, developed by a man named David Schmidt, a company called LifeWave, that are changing lives all over the place and are a non-transdermal patch, works with your body and light to stimulate a peptide that activates stem cells and really can raise the dead. <laughs> the results that people are having are amazing. So that tool should be out there. So we should have all this like smorgasbord of choices, smorgasbord of choices from uh, for us to choose from. Those are my thoughts on alternative wellness products, also our medical system and what's the research showing. You know, we need it all. Let's just, let's not, let's put down our crosses and realize we can grab from all over and we shouldn't be focused on the profit here, people, because people are bleeding. Families are bleeding. Human beings are bleeding far more than is necessary, in my opinion. Too much suffering. So there's been so many blessings too. I think when you're in these types of really tough experiences in life, you appreciate so much the little things. Like I'm sitting here looking into the woods. The woods and nature have been amazing healing, grounding, escape kind of in place areas where I can go and just feel some some love, baby. Yeah, it's a tough path, but there's so much beauty too. And just the little awarenesses I have with my kids, how much they know, how much isn't captured on paper, how divine they are and how many messages come through that are really for me, how much more I learn from them than they've learned from me. So it's a beautiful dance and we all chose it. We're all here to dance. And I hate it that I have to even say that because boy, whether that would piss me off and it still does piss me off when people say, oh, well, you know, you're special, you're super strong. 
even you chose this. I did choose it on sub level, but in this gritty, gritty world we lived in, this mad world, boy, is it tough. And I don't want to be told I chose it, even though I know I did. I because it's promoted so much inner growth, and I believe it can for you too, if you can grab the perspective of really seeing past the disability. And hopefully I provided a lot of resources, a lot of tools for all y'all out there that are somewhere on this chronic illness or tuberous sclerosis, however you want to label this experience of extreme, unpredictable, inconsistent, gray. You're you're not going to get a black and white result here in life in general. So living in that gray space and just seeking truth and seeking within and without to not have to feel like you have to lie or have your back up against the wall all the time and speaking your truth. And the more that we do that, the more that we do that in all the places that we are with all the tools that we have, I think we can make this better. So I've been grateful to be here, to have the time to share the guests that I've shared and the information I've shared. It's changed my life in many ways. And I've been blessed by all the guests. Guests, oh gosh, I'm getting really corny here. And I just continue to hold space for people that are in the hospital, that are dealing with heavy, heavy situations and oppression. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And peace out. Thanks, TSC Talks. I'm cutting you loose.